Good morning. Uh, we have a special opportunity today. Um, Christopher Surrey has been with us uh, over the last several weeks. He arrived here March 1st. And today we, uh, we will be reflecting on this series that we've been working through uh, called Lifeline. Um, but first, uh, Christopher, it's been amazing to get to know you. This is the first time that I met you when you arrived here March 1st. Um, and you've got to, uh, to see Pine Lake in uh, a different season. A lot of things have changed since you've, you've been here. But um, over the last couple of weeks, what have you enjoyed thus far um, while you've been back in Sammamish? Um, hello, everyone. Um, um, it has been nice to be here. The last time was in 2016 when I was here. A lot has changed. And um, so in the last couple of weeks, I've just been enjoying being around, visiting with people, uh, telling stories and um, and getting into the madness of March. <laughs> so on Thursday, I said, Christopher, have you ever like watched this tournament, March Madness? Like, what, what is this March Madness? And then this morning when we were driving to church, he's like, now I understand why it's called March Madness. Yeah. Because, indeed... A lot of upsets already, so it's been it's been fun. So uh, this morning we are continuing in our Lifeline series, and uh, Christopher and I will be kind of leading this together. And uh, today, as we've been working through the Lord's Prayer, uh, we are going to be focusing specifically on this phrase: "Forgive us as we forgive others." And uh, just as a reminder, as we've been centering ourselves on uh, this reality that prayer is our lifeline with God. Prayer is this connection and this communication avenue that we have with our Heavenly Father. And so uh, over the next several minutes, what we'll do is we'll look at the text this morning from uh, Matthew. We'll share a few reflections. And then Christopher is going to share some stories of the ways in which he has seen this scripture come to life in his community of Kodera, Kenya. Uh, and then, as we've been doing throughout this whole series, we'll have an opportunity to uh, reflect in worship, to respond in the ways in which God is inviting us to consider how forgiveness is something to both receive and to offer others. And so, this morning, we want to begin by reading our scripture, the Lord's Prayer, uh, together, all together this morning. So um, if you're able and willing, would you stand as we read this this morning? This is Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. pray. Our, Our Father, Father in heaven, heaven hallowed be your name. Your, your kingdom, kingdom come, come, your will be done, be done on, earth, on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give and give us, us today our daily bread, bread and forgive us our debts, as we, we also have forgiven, forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for grace to be in your presence this morning. And now we pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to us of your everlasting love and everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you be seated? So this has probably been one of the, the most exciting, um, unique 
weeks of preparation leading into a sermon that I've ever got to experience because uh, it entailed a lot of conversation with Christopher, sharing it over tea, not coffee, with Christopher, um, and uh, walks and reflecting and praying together and, and how we can make this, uh, these, these simple phrases come alive and the stories that you shared with me um, we're moving, and I'm excited for, for us to be able to share those this morning. And so uh, this, this theme continued to, to arise as we, as we look at this, this phrase, this one specific phrase, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This, this phrase, these simple words, um, really shaped this understanding of, of a cycle that continued to, to come up for us as we uh, talked about this. And so um, this cycle of forgiveness kept arising. And so uh, you, you see the ways in which forgiveness is something uh, that we don't just come to automatically, right? It entails confession, repentance, and forgiveness— and it's a something as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as we continue to tell stories, we, we saw the cycle take place. And so I invite you to hold that cycle in your mind as we reflect on it today and the ways in which Jesus calls us to be part of forgiveness, uh, participating in that forgiveness just as he has forgiven us. And so um, we start with this word, Sin, or debtors, or debts that shows up in our translation in the NIV this morning. Um, and uh, it's ironic, but it's also juxtaposed to the Kairos Kids lesson that we had this morning of everything being good, right? Good, good. The way in which God intended creation and blessed it and called it good. Um, I have a little two-year-old who turned two this morning, and he is good, but already there are things that are not so good in that little two-year-old, Right? Um, and the, the crazy thing about sin, right, is it's one of the most universally recognized and agreed upon things that no matter what background, what race, uh, what ethnicity, what socioeconomic status you come from, like, we can agree that something is wrong with our world, amen? Right? And yet, the ways in which that is dealt with is different, particularly as Christians, the ways in which Scripture and the ways in which Jesus modeled for us how sin or whatever is wrong with the world is dealt differently as followers of Jesus. And so this morning we're going to explore even through uh, the gospel, or excuse me, through the biblical narrative of how sin came into the world and uh, at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, and really the entire rest of Scripture is just this redemption story of God First forgiving us, extending forgiveness to us, and then inviting us to be part of that same forgiveness to one another. So if you've read different translations of uh, the Lord's Prayer, you've maybe seen the word uh, sin or trespass or debt used. Um, and so those are different words that are, are just been translated of the same word. But um, Christopher, as, as we were reflecting on uh, this passage this week, um, this theme of, of debt or at least this familiarity of debt kept arising and kept being a part of conversation. And so in your perspective, uh, what is debt? And what significance does being in debt have in your culture? Um, debt means you owe someone or some organization. And so you have a burden which you have to pay back. In my culture, 
and in East Africa where we speak Kiswahili, there is a phrase, there is a saying in Kiswahili about debt just to help people know what the depth of uh, being in debt. So I will say in Swahili what it says, Kukopa ni harusi, kulipa ni matanga. And that means to get loan is like a wedding day, but to pay back loan is a funeral day. So that is pretty much how people are prepared through these phrases and saying in Kiswahili mm. to know what they are going into, mm. that debt is a, is a serious thing. And as I have shared with Mark in the previous days as we fellowship through these verses, um, I have um, seen, heard uh, many uh People who have, some of them have taken their own lives because they have debts they are unable to pay. And uh, others have gone into a big fight to an extent that someone loses life just because of either you are old or you are in debt. So it's a serious thing to reflect upon. As we sat together and as we shared these stories or shared this experience, it, uh, to me, the ways in which um, debt or sin or trespasses transcends cultures, and, and yet we, we relate to them differently, but the ways that it transcends cultures, I think, is, is something that um, just cries out of this testimony of uh, the ways in which the biblical narrative is something uh, that we all can cling to of knowing that we have this debt, this sin, this trespass that um, that permeates our lives, and yet there is something greater that we cling to for this forgiveness. And, yes. and so um, when we think about uh, the debt or sin that sits amongst us as people, the ways in which debt or sin or trespasses sit amongst us as a community— um, there's oftentimes a practice that has been introduced throughout the last 2,000 years, uh, but even before that as of Christians, for, um, for us to confess those sins, those debts, those trespasses. And so um, when you think about the word confession, uh, what is it that comes to mind for you? Oftentimes, I think in media or movies or uh, in just our culture, it's maybe perceived as uh, maybe you sitting across from a priest or somebody uh, in uh, this kind of this dark room and you're just confessing your deepest, darkest secrets, right? Anybody like, that's kind of how we're perceived of confession is just this one thing that we do or uh, maybe different traditions have practiced. And yet, uh, confession can take place in really big, substantial ways, but it also can be practiced daily in the ways in which we interact in our daily lives, in our marriages, in our family, with our kids. I think even just a simple I'm sorry is an act of confession, naming the things in which we have done wrong to one another. And the ways in which we experience confession is a practice that first Jesus has taught us 
And so we are to replicate uh, as followers of Jesus. And the thing about confession, I think this is really important that that we can continue to arrive on this week, is uh, confession really indicates spiritual health. Right, I think oftentimes we, we are afraid of confession because it means that we have to be vulnerable or we have to reveal ourselves or parts of ourselves that we're not proud of. And yet, confession really indicates spiritual health. Not perfection, and yet a constant process of following Jesus. Uh, Christopher and I have been working through a, a book together, and we want to share a quote that came uh, from this book. It's by Tyler, Tyler Staten. It's called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Pastor Austin alluded to this uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, hear this quote. It says, One of the biggest mistakes we've made in the modern church is to reimagine spiritual maturity as the need to confess less. Spiritual maturity means more confession and not less. Simply put, a maturing community is a confessing community. I want to say that again. A a maturing community as individual followers of Jesus, but collectively as Pine Lake Covenant Church, as a community that is on mission to follow Jesus, to find and follow Jesus together. A sign of a maturing community is one that confesses together. Corporately, confesses in our families, in our marriage, practices that as something that we do often. So, uh, Christopher, you shared a, a story that I think is so important for us to hear in this space this morning as it pertains to, to confession, to forgiveness, working towards the ways in which God continues to redeem us. And so uh, there's a story that you shared about you picking up a man who was miles away from his home and, and driving him home. Would you, would you share that story with us this morning? Sure. Um... One morning, a man came to my house, and he had these words, Christopher, you take your Christianity way too far, and it is not good. So the whole story is hinged on on a day before this man came to my house, that I was traveling home and I saw a man whom I knew walking by the side of the road. It was getting dark. And you know, there in Kenya and in our community, it gets really dark. But he was quite ways away from reaching his house. So I I stopped to pick him. Uh, he didn't ask me, he didn't ask me to stop, but I, I realized I knew him and I saw him, I know where he was going, and I knew how far he was still from home. So I stopped and picked him, I asked him to come in, and, and then as we continued on the journey, he was very thankful, he was very happy, he kept on saying how it was going to take him too long to reach home. And in the dark, he would reach home. And then as we traveled, before we got to his home, um, I met another friend of mine. He was standing by his, his gate, the gate to his house, 
in the evening. It wasn't dark yet. And as, um, as culturally as we do, you don't just pass by when you see someone you know. That is us. You stop, say hello. So I, we stopped. Uh, I wanted to say hello to this man standing by the road by his house. And so he walks into uh, my car and we shake hands. And when he realized that the guy I'm riding with me, he went straight to him and said, would you dare ride in this car for real? And then it's just the conversation just stopped there. And then we went on. So this is the same guy who would come the next day in the morning to my house to say those words. So I started from the very end to say that, Christopher, you take your Christianity way too far and it is bad. Because then he went on to say, the man you gave a ride yesterday had spoken all manner of nasty words against you. And you know it. Well, I knew some of it. And then he told me some of what that man had said to him personally. And you know what he said to me? If it were me, if it were me, he spoke those nasty words. And I found him by the road. And this man really is a wealthy man with many cars and everything. I would run over him. So that's the kind of lesson he was saying that they should learn. They should learn not to be shown any level of sympathy if they are walking by the road and it is getting dark. Just zoom past them because uh, they should learn from what they do. But, you know, we are called to serve. And for me, it was service there. So that is um, that's the story here in in, in this um, uh, in in this kind of episode. Taking it too far means, uh, in that expression, I guess you understand, is like you are being too serious, and you don't let it. These people learn. And one thing he was serious about that the man had told him that I am responsible for introducing devil worship in Kodera community. That's what I'm doing in church. That was what I'm doing with all the projects. That's what I'm doing with the PLA. And so it was not good for me to give him a ride in my car. Do you see why my week was uh, pretty powerful, sitting with Christopher and, and hearing these stories of the ways in which uh, you have lived with intentionality, uh, but not only intentionality, but uh, a purpose to take your faith and call to follow Jesus seriously uh, in that community. And and yet that person never uh, confessed to you, right? Like they, he never said anything to you. He never said anything to you. And yet, him getting in the car was almost this, this act of confession that he didn't really even know what you knew until later on, right? But he got in that car confessing the fact that he needed something from you 
that he couldn't do himself. And, and really that, that is this, this practice of confession for us as a community of, of naming these things that are in between us and God, right? Like as if, if, if this stand was, uh, the sin or the trespass or the debt that is in between God, right? Like I think sometimes, sometimes we just simplify this to like a kid's lesson, but, but how often is it true for us that, that we have sin or trespass or debt that is in between us? And yet the only thing that can remove that is the love, the compassion, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what brings confession into forgiveness. And so as we move into this, this process or this experience of, uh, of the cycle of forgiveness, moving from confession to repentance, then ultimately to forgiveness. You can extend that. We can extend that to one another, uh, all that we want, right? And, and even, uh, our community, our lives, our world, we see this, this cycle of forgiveness being extended to one another. But the thing about following Jesus, the thing about true forgiveness is that Christ is at the middle of this cycle, right? It, it is through Jesus that we are even moved to confess, to move to repent, and then uh, to experience forgiveness. And it is because of Christ that we don't just stay in forgiveness, that we practice the cycle over and over again as a way, as a path, as a cycle of what it means to follow Jesus. Because Christ has demonstrated that. And the truth of First John, John one nine is uh, so evident in this in this cycle that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. With Christ, through Christ, who has the only power to forgive, we experience forgiveness ourselves. And so, Christopher, as as we reflect back on this twenty year partnership, that twenty plus year partnership that Pine Lake Covenant Church has had with you, with your community in Codera, um, that has included Pine Lake Academy, uh, it has included the clinic. Many of us in this room today have been part of these things. It included a water project that we got to uh, see your community grow and transform because of the ways that you continued to say yes to what God has been calling you to. Uh, there was a a moment or uh, a story that you shared earlier this week um, that some of us in this room were were at that uh, at that house that night and it included um, one of our groups being uh, held at gunpoint and robbed right there, there were watches taken there was money taken um, and there was a lot of different types of violence that was that occurred that night. And yet you, uh, you shared a story that is related to that, that terrible night that, uh, you, your family, our team was impacted. And yet, again, you shared a story about uh, giving a man a ride to a hospital. Would you share that story again with us this morning? I think it's so important and so significant regarding what we're talking about today. Um, we pretty much considered that this man was the chief or the top organizer of all the evil that happened to us. He has remained so um, opposed to the, all the projects we have undertaken in the community. Um, even with the playground at PLA, sometimes his kids 
sneaked to go and play their swing. And when he happens to know that they have done that, uh, he uh, punishes them so harshly. But one day he was extremely sick in his house and almost dying. And um, so I got word and I ran over to go um, take him to hospital. And he literally accepted. And so I drove him to hospital. But there was, um, uh, my dad was uh, present at that point. Uh, in his house, this man's house, and my uncle was there, and an older cousin of mine was there. You know, sometimes in our community, when someone is really, really sick, people just come around to watch him or her die in the house, if they have no means to go to us. So people surround a very, very sick person. So my dad, my uncle, they had gone to like say goodbye to this guy, who was dying. So when I got about that, I said, uh, it's not good to watch him die, but let's rush him to hospital, and I have uh, a car to take him to hospital. So, um, yeah, I drove him to hospital. And then again, uh, a number of these second days that happened to me, the, the second, uh, this did not happen the second day, but when I got back, uh, my dad, my uncle, and my cousin, they came to me. And he say, they said to me, they had a message for me. And that was, you know what you did today is done nowhere. And I asked them, what do you mean? And uh, they told me that the man I have taken to the hostel had called them and others and told them that, um, and especially told my dad to give me a serious warning that if I'm not careful, um, I will not live any longer. And he said this in the presence of many others. And some of these are the people in his house on the day um, taking him to hospital. So then they came to tell me about this, which had happened. Well, my dad didn't tell me exactly what he said, but uh, kind of gave me a, a, a warning, like be careful about what you do and where you go. Certain things are not right around in our community with you. But now they came to explain what exactly this man had said to them. And uh, one thing he had made sure he stated to them that he is ready to uh, even kill me, take my life if I continue with the projects that I'm doing in the community. So this was the same guy who went to hospital. Over these many years, he never set foot at the clinic. He never, ever set foot at Pine Lake Academy. He just passed by. January 2023, he came to Pine Lake Academy looking for me 
and asking me to accept his grandchild at school. And I said, yes, bring him over. We are going to accept him. Uh, Teachers, members of the community, when they heard about it, they said, why do you do that? And I said, we serve God. With Christ, it is business unusual. Amen. 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 Christopher, this, this scripture came, continued to come up uh, this week in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. You can picture this interaction between Peter and Jesus. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who has sinned against me? Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 77 times, or 70 times seven. The depth of what, what Christ is on, putting on display there is forgiveness is not quantified, both in the forgiveness that, that we receive from Christ and also the forgiveness that we extend to one another. The depth of Christ's love knows no limits to its forgiveness. And that story is, is a beautiful one. Again, because of the ways in which you have just lived so faithfully in, in your call uh, to serve your community and to follow Jesus. And uh, I will say that it took so much for me to convince Christopher to share these stories because he's such a humble guy. <laughs> but, but the ways in which we are invited into your life and into uh, the interactions that you've had with your community has been a beautiful picture for us today as, as we experience forgiveness. And so... Um, I want to leave us with, with this word and then uh, I want to invite us to reflect as we've been doing this, this whole series. Uh, this word that, that came up in uh, the quote from the book that we've been reading, uh, simply a sign of someone, grow, someone growing deeper in their relationship with God is that they confess more and not less. And a sign of a maturing community is one that confesses more and not less. As we become more attuned to the things that set us apart from God or that keep us from God as our sin, our trespasses, our debts, those are the exact things that will ultimately bring us closer to God when we name them that God is faithful and just to forgive. And so as we move into a time of, uh, of reflection, there's two stations in the back today uh, with two simple questions for us to reflect. Uh, you can grab a tile and you can write uh, your answer or a word or a phrase on those tiles and then place it uh, in the basket. The first one is simply this. What do you need to confess? Between you and God, whether it's something that you have done between you and God or, or something that you have harmed someone else, what do you need to confess as an invitation from Jesus? And the second one is really simple. Um, what is a relationship or name a relationship where forgiveness is needed? Both in this opportunity to reflect on forgiveness between us and God, but also uh, ourselves and our neighbors. And so as you feel led, as we worship in these last two songs, again, whenever you'd like to, uh, we want to fill up this board of prayers. And today we're filling up this board of prayers, of confession, prayers that God would forgive our wrongdoings, just as he has forgiven us. First, so we forgive others. Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we come to you this morning confessing 
Lord, first we, we invite you to search our hearts, to search the depths of our hearts for the things that we have done, knowingly and unknowingly, that has been sin against you. That has kept us from experiencing the fullness of your love because it is present. God, would you bring to mind those things that has withheld us from your presence because of sin? And Lord, we, we lay those things at your feet this morning. And God, simultaneously, would you bring to mind relationships where forgiveness is needed, where forgiveness is needed to be extended or received in a relationship in our lives, Lord, as we become people in a community that desires to live more fully into this model of receiving and giving forgiveness. Lord, would you be the one that searches us, that helps us name those things. And God, when we do confess that you are faithful and just to forgive. So we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.